Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Here we are in God's presence, ready to hear God's Word. Um, Who has been enjoying the series on Refresh? It's been so good. It's been about rest, refreshing, Sabbath, and rhythms. And Tim kicked it off two weeks ago when he talked about how busy Australian society is, how many hours of overtime we work, and how we wear as a badge of honor the fact that we're busy. And he went on to say that this universe was created for rest. God created the heavens and the earth. He did it all in six days. And God, who didn't need rest, he himself rested on the seventh day. And Tim read from Hebrews 4.6, which says, so God's rest is there for people to enter. God's rest is there. But those who first heard this good news, it's good news that God's rest is there for us. But Those who first heard it, they failed to enter into it because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest. And the good news continues. That time is today. Today is a time to enter into God's rest. And I have a question for you. Have you entered into God's rest? Have you entered into God's rest? Do you need God's rest? Today, at the end of the service, we're going to open the altar, and there's going to be an opportunity for you to come forward and enter in to God's rest. And I really feel that there is an anointing here today for two areas. One area is to do with employment. Do you need rest in your employment? Are you looking for employment or trying to get another job or looking for a promotion or there's something at work that's just not good? And you need to find some rest in your employment. The other area is to do with visas. I have uh, almost been deported from two countries. And I had my threat made to me that my son would be locked up in Villawood. And I have seen miracles in the area of visas and getting uh, residency and other things. And I believe that anointing is here today. There's going to be a long, there's going to be a message At the end of that, there's going to be a gap. Don't fall into the gap. Come forward for the altar call because God wants to do something miraculous in your situation. And I have found that if you take that step of coming forward on the altar call, it's a little small thing that you can do. It's maybe all you can do sometimes. But God takes a supernatural leap towards you and in your situation. Come forward. Ask yourself, do I need God's rest? Do I need God's rest? So that was Tim two weeks ago on rest and Sabbath. Last week, Stu preached an absolutely phenomenal message out of Proverbs 11.25, which says that the generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I love that message because it says that 
Being refreshed is more than just sitting on a couch with your feet up. So much more. It is about engaging with your spiritual gifts and refreshing others. <laughs> and I love what Tim did. He took on a cultural myth. He took on the culture of our time, which says that if you serve others, it means you get depleted. Actually, you don't. You get refreshed. And so much of the gospel is countercultural. It's an upside-down kingdom of God that is the opposite in so many ways of what we hear. And so, Tim preached on rest and Sabbath and Stuart on being refreshed. And today, I'm preaching on rhythms. I'm preaching on the rhythms of refreshment. And I want to make it practical. I want to share some of my story, some of my journey, so that you can have some concrete ideas and something more tangible to translate the beautiful theory of rest into your daily life. And you know, I have found this idea of an upside-down kingdom to be such a great barrier to entering into God's rest. I, for many years, although I knew it, was just like, I'm too busy. i got too much on. I can't take time out of my day. I've got people to see, things to do, calls to make, emails to send, a living to earn, a family to look after, dare I say it, rosters at church, everything else is going on. I've got no time to take a Sabbath. And yet, God started speaking to my heart. And he spoke out of Ecclesiastes 10.10, which says, using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the axe. It's pretty clear, right? When you have a sharp axe, it cuts with less strength. It cuts cleaner. It cuts further. You get a better job done, and you get it done sooner. And this is something that God brought back a story from when I was growing up in Africa and studying for my university entrance exams. And I had to make a decision one day. Do I stay home and study, or do I go to church? And God spoke to me out of Matthew 6.33, where it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's my prayer that this truth seeps into your whole being. It had hit my head. Parts of it had sort of gotten to my heart. But if we do things God's way, it is always better. Proverbs 10.22 says, God's blessing makes life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. Nothing we do can improve on God. Other translations say, God's blessing makes us rich without adding any sorrow. And so, it is always better to do things God's way. Whether that be about being honest in your tax, or your business dealings, or your personal relationships, or being faithful to your partner. In every area, the world will have the opposite. It'll, it's an upside-down kingdom of God in which we find rest. I love the translation of Matthew chapter 11 that Eugene Peterson did in the message. Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, the words of Jesus. Just the most beautiful words. Walk with me, Jesus says. Work with me. 
Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. How beautiful are those words? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And so we see in creation something of the nature of the creator. In nature, we see the nature of God. Nature is full of rhythms. There are rhythms in seasons, rhythms in days. There are even rhythms in your body. And just as there are rhythms in the natural world, in the physical world, there are also rhythms in the spiritual world. And there are rhythms that occur spiritually over a day, a week, a month, a quarter, a term, a semester, a year, a decade, medium term, the long term, over a life. Many of the organizations I'm involved with, we're working through the rhythms of sabbatical. A sabbatical is a rhythm of rest that God has put in place for us to enter into. When we've been somewhere 7, 10, 15 years, there comes a time when we need to enter this rhythm of taking a break for three or four months and being rested and refreshed and renewed and repassioned and re-energized. But rhythms are not just personal things. Rhythms are also community things. And as you enter into this rhythm of sabbatical, it also refreshes and renews and repassions and revisions and re-energizes those round about you. It re-energizes those in your organization, those whom you serve, those in your congregation. And it's a rhythm that sharpens the ax that we need to enter into. But there are rhythms that occur on a daily basis and a weekly basis. Rhythms to do with prayer, with fasting, with Bible study, with memory, verse, uh, memory verses. There are rhythms to do with Lent and Easter and Pentecost and Christmas. There are many rhythms that occur over different time frames. But today I want to focus in on some of my journey with these rhythms. And you know, one thing that I faced was the problem that when I look back at church fathers, church history, people in the Bible, you know, they seem to be able to go away to the mountains, the deserts, the barren places, go into monasteries, go to retreats. And I looked at my life and I thought, I can't do that. You know, I've already told you, I've got bills to pay, emails to send, phone calls to make. I've got a lot going on. I can't do that in my, car in my life. But I started to see a pattern in Scripture, a pattern of something powerful and beautiful, a pattern of what I call streams in the desert. In Isaiah 43, God says, Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to bring rivers in the badlands. I'm going to bring rivers to a sun-baked earth. And God has this habit of in this barren, desolate desert, just a positioning the exact opposite. Rivers of life that flow and bring life wherever they go. And I started to see this in so many ways in Scripture, I can't go into all of them. But let me just tell you about one of them, Paul and Silas. Here we're Paul and Silas, living in a country that was occupied by the Romans, harsh occupation, thrown into jail. They were prisoners. But let me tell you, the river of freedom was flowing in their life. 
they were not captive. They had liberty and freedom, and they changed their circumstances. And in the same way, in Isaiah 12:3, it says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And I started to think that in my daily walk with God, in my normal life, I didn't need to go away somewhere, but I could start to dig wells of salvation. I could start to dig wells in my daily life, hit water, and the water was sweet, and have the water come up and overflow and join together and become rivers of life in my day. And so I started to do these things, later realizing that what I was doing was building a rule of life. So not rules of life, but a rule of life. And it was drawing on a rich Christian heritage and tradition that we enjoy having in the church. So often we have a kind of cultural or spiritual superiority complex. We think Christians who came before us were somehow more primitive, not as sophisticated, didn't face the same problems we faced, not realizing that actually they did. And they grappled with these, and they found solutions, and they modeled those solutions, and they proved those solutions work. And we can rely on this rich tradition of those who have gone before us. And a rule of life is one of those. I started to put in place daily offices and set up rhythms of refreshment in my day. Now, this rule of life, sometimes when we hear rule of life, it kind of feels like rules and regulations, right? I knew to get to that eventually. But it's not about that. It comes from the Latin word regulari, which means to regulate. And it is about us choosing what is it that's going to regulate our life. Is our life going to get regulated by circumstances and other people and other events? Or are we going to let the Holy Spirit come in and regulate our life? And that's what a rule of life is about. Another beautiful description of what a rule of life is about is a trellis. A trellis is a structure in which, as we grow, it supports our growth. It shapes and forms us so that we can be moved in our spiritual formation to be more and more like Jesus. And Tim, who's here, thank you for your wonderful message. He quoted from Robert Mulholland's invitation to a journey. And he said, everybody, you and me, are being formed by something. It's really just a matter of what do we choose to form us, or even if we don't choose, what are we letting form us? And I want to ask you the question, what is forming you? Is it God and the Holy Spirit? Are the trellises of God built into your life to shape your spiritual formation? Robert Mulholland defines spiritual formation as being formed by God into the image of Christ for others. The forming is not something we can do to ourselves. It is not something we can direct. It is not something we can control. We have to give that over to God to do. And we are being formed into the image of Christ, not because somehow it's going to make us a better life, but it is for the sake of others. We are here to bring these rivers of water, these rivers of life 
into our families, our communities, our workplaces, into our society, into the environment in which we are placed. And so, as I looked at this, I want to share with you something practical. Because I know that what I've shared is beautiful, it's wonderful, but we have to somehow find a way to wrap our hands around it and make it our own. And I want to share with you how I've gone about constructing my rule of life for my day. Now, there's, the rule of life is more than just a day. It involves cycles of weeks and months and other things. But what I find about my daily, uh, daily offices are that they're very much about something I do alone. And what I find about my weekly daily offices, they're very much about things I do in community. So I can have a prayer time on my own, but I can have a prayer time as all of us together. I can have a worship time on my own, or we can come to church and we can worship together. So the weekly cycles tend to be more community, and these daily cycles are more personal. And what I do is I dig these wells in the transition points of my day, when I go from something to something. And I go back to Genesis' creation story. God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested, and he made the day holy, and he blessed it. But think about Adam. We don't often think about him. On the sixth day, he was created. On the seventh day, he went into Sabbath, into rest. And so Adam worked out of rest. He didn't rest from his work. And so I see these transition points as being not something sort of I'm trying to recover and fight off the world, but I see it as something positive, that I'm charging myself up proactively to take on the world, to take on my day, to take on the tasks ahead of me. And that's what these wells in our, in our day become. Points not of recovery and response, but points of proactive preparation to go forward. Now, when it comes to patterns in a day, Scripture has a number of examples in Psalm 55, 17, it says, Evening, morning, and noon, I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. This is an example of praying three times a day. Jesus probably prayed three times a day. Many people in the Bible have this pattern that we see. But there are other patterns. For example, David in Psalm 119, verse 164, deep in the Psalms, deep in that particular Psalm, he says, seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. He did it seven times a day. Some commentators think he did it ten times a day, seven plus the three. <clears throat> but for years and years and years, all through my 20s and 30s and 40s, most of my 40s, I only had one well in my day. I'd wake up in the morning and have a quiet time and then, whoom, to the next day. But I've started to realize that there are this pattern of digging wells as I go through my day. <clears throat> so I'm going to free up my arms and start talking about these transitions. When I transition from being asleep to being awake, so in other words, when I wake up in the morning, I spend some minutes in silence and solitude. When I transition from being at home to being at work, so on my commute to the office, I turn on praise and worship and enter into that. When I transition from my morning 
into my afternoon, so around lunchtime. I meditate on scripture and, and think about it devotionally. When I transition from being at work to being at home on my drive home, that's when I do my daily prayers. And when I transition from being awake to being asleep, that's where I focus and dig wells around a practice known as examine, which is to look back on my day and discern the presence of God in it and the direction of God in my day. And it probably adds five minutes to my whole day because I'm just doing it while I'm doing other things. It's not about taking huge chunks, but I can dig wells as I go along. And some days I do two or three, or even if I do none or I gust up to five, it's not performance. I don't feel more pleased or more condemned depending on how many I've done. Because to go back to that phenomenal scripture from Eugene Peterson, this is about learning the unforced rhythms of grace. There's a learning process here as we follow God. And let God be the gardener and help shape and cultivate this rule of life. He leads and directs and controls our spiritual formation. It's an unforced rhythm. There's no mandate that you have to do it and someone with a whip cracking on your back. I do it because I love to. I look forward to it. I want to. I do it willingly. And it's a rhythm. It just the days keep coming and I just keep blowing in the rhythm. And it's of grace. You can't earn God's salvation. You can't earn God's favor. You can't earn God's blessing by doing these things. We do these things out of being. We're already loved by God. We're already blessed by God. We already have God's favor. And out of that position, we do. We don't do in order to get into that position. If the band can come up. And so, this series that we've been looking at on Refresh, it's been about rest and Sabbath, as Tim preached, Refresh as Stu preached, and today I've been preaching on the rhythms of refreshment. It's really about us not doing more, because great strength is required with a dull axe, but about sharpening the axe so that less strength is required, so that we can do things God's way and be enriched by God without sorrow. <clears throat> God's way is always best. And I've used the analogy today that God has used in me of digging wells through my day, through my week, through my month, through my quarter, through my year, digging these wells and seeing over a period of time refreshing, refreshing water flow from it, water that overflows, water that blesses others round about me. And so today, I want to read to you a scripture from Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Eugene Peterson's The Message. You are going to be just amazed that this is in the Bible. It's such an amazing piece of scripture. This is Jesus speaking. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. 
work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How beautiful is that? That is the invitation of Jesus to every one of us today. You might never have given your life to Jesus. You might have looked at this Christian thing and gone, it's an upside down kingdom. It's the opposite of everything I see in the culture. You might have felt, I'm not quite ready to accept that invitation. Today is the day of salvation. God wants you to come forward and enter into his rest. You might be a Christian and you don't have that rest. Let me tell you that something is wrong if you don't have that rest in your life. God never promised us that you would be thin and have a full head of hair and be rich and have no problems and have perfect relationships. But He did promise He would never leave us nor forsake us. He did promise that we would have His rest. He did promise that His burden is light. And if you are experiencing that, something is wrong. The altars will be open for you to come forward. And you might be partway on this journey, maybe ahead of me, maybe somewhere with me, wherever you are on this journey. But you know that there's so much more in God that God has for you. And so I want to pray for those three categories of people. I'm conscious there's an anointing here for issues around employment and visas. The altars are going to be open at the end. Don't go away without getting prayed for. Take that small step of faith of coming forward. And God will take that supernatural leap to you. Don't let your pride come in the way. Don't let your fear come in the way. Nobody's looking at you. Everybody's cheering for you. The altars are open. God's here to do business. Come forward. So we're all going to pray together. I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And we're going to pray this prayer straight out of the message. <clears throat> so follow after me. Lord Jesus, you invited us if we were tired, if we were worn out, if we were burned out on religion, to come to you. You asked us to get away with you and we will recover our life. You said you would show us how to take a real rest. You invited us to walk with you, to work with you, to watch how you do it, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You promised not to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on us. You promised to keep company with us and teach us to live freely and lightly. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c 3 Church Watson. .com.au